and I found myself semi-retired at 33, actually 34 by the time I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. And I became, in my mind, I was going to become, I should say, the best version of myself, the best father, husband, friend, etc. And you know what happened? I became the worst version of myself. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm really happy today to be joined by Paul Moore, who's the managing partner of Wellings Capital. It's a real estate investment firm that helps high earners and people with high net worth protect and grow their wealth through passive real estate investing. Paul obtained an engineering degree and an MBA from Ohio State before beginning to work at the Ford Motor Company in Detroit. A few years after that, he co-founded a staffing firm and was a finalist for the Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year Award two years in a row. He later sold his firm and began investing in real estate. He's a fairly busy fellow. He currently co-hosts two podcasts, The Art of Investing and How to Lose Money, as well as doing live video and providing blog content on a weekly basis for Fox Business and Bigger Pockets. And he's the author of at least two books on investing. Paul, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, it's great to be here, Jackie. Thank you. So let's start with a little bit about you. You uh, started off as an engineer. What led you to change paths first to building a staffing company and then getting to where you are now? Well, my first mistake was being an engineer, actually, because I actually, um, I was really good in math and physics and all that stuff in high school. And I sort of liked it compared to my classmates, at least. And so I thought, well, engineering makes total sense. But I didn't really know myself. You know, I didn't have really good counsel. Um, I actually wanted to be a parapsychologist till I found out there was no college degree in ghost busting. And so... um, (laughs) It's embarrassing, but you know, it's been 40 <laughs> years ago, so I don't care as much anymore. But um, at any rate, I um, I went from that to getting an MBA, went to Ford Motor Company, and I found myself always tinkering on evenings and weekends, trying to find something to do on the side. And so I figured I must, must be an entrepreneur at heart. So I started this staffing company with a friend. After five years, we just everything just worked out like one of those dream scenarios and we were able to sell it to a a friend's publicly traded company for several million dollars and i found myself semi-retired at 33 actually 34 by the time i moved to the blue ridge mountains of virginia and i became in my mind i was going to become i should say the best version of myself the best father husband friend Etc. And you know what happened? I became the worst version of myself. I actually became, you know, I was a high energy entrepreneur, 34, and I had nothing really meaningful to do. And I started this nonprofit organization, but it was hard to get volunteers. And so I found myself becoming really fidgety and cranky. And honestly, I, I, I regret the years I had where I was actually quite free. But two or three years later, I started flipping houses and I was off to the races in the real estate realm. 
Wow. That's a, I've heard a lot of people say actually that, you know, they, they retire or they make some money and they don't need to work and then they get kind of bored, mm -hmm. but uh, they need to find other things to do. But you, uh, yeah. you, you were talking a little bit about, you know, you, you started flipping houses. What, where did that, uh, where did that take you? Yeah, so we started uh, buying and selling what we called at the time fixer-uppers, and that was in the year 2000. And uh, then we ended up starting to buy and sell waterfront lots at a resort lake called Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia. Then we uh, built some modular homes, built a stick-built home, did a subdivision. And Jackie, all along, every time I would think about it, I was always trying to figure out how could I jump up into commercial real estate? You know, I, I, I heard that the wealthiest people in the world either made their money or sustained and grew it through commercial real estate. Well, in 2010, I invested in an oil and gas deal uh, up in Minot or up in North Dakota in the Bakken. And uh, we found out that there was no housing there. So we built a large apartment complex, uh, really nice apartments for these oil workers. And we, uh, so that was our first commercial project. And I, we owned and operated that for a number of years. And I realized through that, I wanted to be in commercial real estate. I also realized I didn't want to be a ground up developer. There was just way too much risk with what we did. Uh, we could have lost money just as well as made it. And I, this was another situation where the timing worked out perfect when we sold it. Oil was 110 US dollars per barrel. And, uh, you know, it, it dropped right after that to like $30 a barrel. But um, anyway, fast forwarding a little bit, I ended up writing a book on multifamily. Uh, I ended up uh, really thinking that I was going to be an apartment syndicator, as they say, somebody who buys and operates apartments, but couldn't find apartments that made sense. Everything seemed overpriced. And the older I got, the more overpriced they looked. And part of the reason is I became much more conservative. I didn't want to take the risks I took in my 30s and 40s. And so we ended up uh, branching out into self-storage and mobile home parks. And I found, and this is something that might be interesting to your audience, I found that our role would be better served not as an operator, somebody who buys and operates these parks, but as somebody who does great due diligence. And so what we do is we do a whole lot of due diligence on companies and then we put them together as investments in a fund and then we allow friends, family, and all kinds of other people to join us to invest in these. We find that there's little due diligence out there because there are so many options with the internet and crowdfunding and everything. And so by doing intensive due diligence, we pick out the very few, very best companies and we invest heavily with them. And that's been something that we just really, um, it's, it's really gone well for us and our investors. That's really interesting. So do you, um, in your, in your little intro, I commented or I, I mentioned that you do it, you do this investing for um, high income earners. Do you have, com uh, have clients as well who might not be a terribly high level income earner right now, but they're, they're trying to build up their, savings a little bit? Yeah. So in, in the U.S., the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC regulates us. And if it's an American citizen we're working with or somebody who lives in America, uh, they have to be accredited. And the SEC sort of ties our hands to make us work with accredited investors. Okay. Accredited means they're either high income 
or high net worth individuals as defined by the SEC. Now, if they're in another country like Canada or somewhere else, uh, they would not have to necessarily fit those criteria, though we would still want to qualify them to make sure they know what they're getting into, that this is an illiquid investment. It's not like investing in stocks you can get in and out of quickly. It's a long-term decision. Right. Okay. So one of the things that my show is is geared towards is helping people uh, build and enjoy a life that's going to be continuing past their nine to five job. Um, Many of my listeners wonder if they're ever going to get out of their job because they don't have a pension. They haven't built up savings. They're kind of worried about what they're going to do to support themselves um, if they stopped working. Do you have any kind of uh, action or advice that you can suggest to people to help them prepare to leave the workforce? Yeah. So one thing I would recommend <clears throat> that I talk about quite often on our podcast is the difference between speculation and investing. I recommend that people really think through this uh, and they realize, you know, it's not a good plan for 99.9% of the people I'd say <clears throat> to speculate. I mean, there's an occasional winner and they write books and do movies about those people, but that's because they're the exception well over 90% of the people who speculate getting in and out of stocks and currency exchange and Bitcoin and things like that, well over 90% report that they actually lose money. And so, you know, even Warren Buffett said if he was recommending somebody to do something, he'd recommend putting it in uh, a fund, for example, and then just letting it grow and don't touch it for years or decades. And so, You know, speculating is when your principal is generally not safe and you've got a chance to make a return. Investing, Jackie, is when your principal is generally safe and you've got a chance to make a return. And so we're obviously advocating that people really, you know, try to invest and build up a steady stream of cash flow. You know, people say, what is true wealth? And they, they make it ethereal or transcendent type thing, but I'm just going to boil it down to this. I think true wealth is assets that produce income. So if you can get your hands on assets that produce income, whether it's directly owning apartment buildings or, you know, self-storage or mobile home parks or indirectly, more likely through an operator you really trust, those are assets that are going to produce long-term income. Right. And that's definitely the goal is to have the income. Right. And passively, like you're doing, so that you're not doing work for it all the right. time. So one of the things that I hear all the time as I build up my kind of entrepreneurial uh, feelings, because like you, I, I went through, I was an engineer as well, and I, I went through school and thinking, you know, that's the way to go. But there was something always in the back of my head think, saying, you know, I should be doing something else. I got to try something. So I'm learning now that entrepreneurs are always told that they need to find their why, the, the reason why they're doing what they do. Um, do you think that people who don't actually consider themselves as entrepreneurs should have a, a why for what they're going to be doing in the future? I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I, th- I think I had a wrong why when I so-called tried to retire at 34. Um, I, I think it was just misguided because of the the volunteer aspect and all that, like I mentioned. But I think it's important to have something you're really passionate about, something you burn for when you wake up, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you're retired or not. Um, for me, 
it has become human trafficking. And if you heard the stats on it, you might see why this is something worthy of, um, of, of being passionate about. Could I mention that real quick, the stats on that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you took the record profits, and I don't mean the average, I mean the record profits of General Motors, Nike, Starbucks, and Apple, you added those record profits together and doubled that number, that's the approximate revenue being generated every year by human trafficking, Jackie. It's, it's, a, wow. it's a horrible thing. It's incredible. That's happening in our world. And I can tell you that if I was alive in the 1860s in the U.S., I'd like to believe I'd be fighting against slavery. And if I was an adult in the 1960s, I'd like to believe I would have been fighting for civil rights. Well, this is a civil right. This is slavery. And it's happening right under our eyes and, and it's, it's happening right before our eyes. And so I just really want to encourage people to get educated, to realize this. And I don't mean just be ready to spot a trafficked person in a bus station. I'm saying, you know, there's other things you can do. You can support legislation. You can sign petitions. There's a petition going around right now that's quite famous. You can find more about that at exoduscry.com. That's E-X-O-D-U-S-C-R-Y, exoduscry. And uh, they are doing a lot to bring this to light to end human trafficking or to thwart it at least and rescue its victims. Oh, that's fabulous. I, I think that's a, that's a beautiful why. Uh, definitely a reason to keep going and wake up every day. Thanks. So um, not going to keep you here for too much longer. Um, I know you've got things to do in your Saturday morning. If, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way? They could, uh, they could find us on a real estate investing website called biggerpockets.com. Uh, and they okay. could find uh, about 80 some articles I've written and um, uh, probably 50 or 100 videos I've created. However, um, they can uh, contact me directly at my website. It's wellingscapital.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L, wellingscapital.com. Yep. What we have on there is we have a free five-day real estate, commercial real estate course people could go through just to learn the basics of commercial real estate investing if they're interested. Okay. I'll make sure that all of that goes in the show notes so that everybody can find it easily. And I was just going to ask if you had anything that you'd uh, like to tell, tell the listeners about um, besides the human trafficking thing and the uh, commercial real estate program. Uh, I would just, <clears throat> I, I don't really think I have anything to add to that. I do have a, uh, E, uh, reports, special reports on my website as well about mobile home park investing and self-storage investing. Okay. I, I guess the one thing I would say, real estate has been really, really become very, very popular because of all the house flipping shows. I mean, I was on one of those shows yep. and uh, it's become so popular that almost everybody thinks they can do it profitably. Not only has that driven the price of these so-called fixer uppers up very high, but aside from that, it's just not as easy as people think. And you can get all the benefits of owning real estate, including the tax benefits, the income, the growth. Uh, you can get that by putting your money in with an expert operator. And that's exactly how I invest. And I recommend that people consider that route rather than trying to do it in their spare time, because that can lead to a lot 
right. of tension and frustration if you try to do it uh, right. you know passively yourself great yeah i uh, i agree that's uh, something that we kind of dabbled in a little bit we you know, bought a an investment property and now we did okay, but then we sold it and decided that that wasn't really, you know, being a landlord isn't the right uh, right thing for us right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, a lot uh, of people find that. Moving into other things. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, this, what you talked about with self-storage, that's kind of interesting as well, because that's something that uh, I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. Right. Yeah. With the COVID virus and everything, there are restaurants, offices, others trying to figure out where to store stuff. Uh, even yeah. College students who are trying to, you know, sort of in limbo. Self-storage has done uh, extremely well during this crisis, and I'm certainly not making light of the crisis at all, but I am saying self-storage no. has prospered at least for the last six months. Yeah, that's it. probably will for a little while still, right. I think. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you. It's uh, really interesting uh, stuff that you've got to say. Uh, the human trafficking, I'm definitely going to look into that, actually. All right, good. Well, thanks, Jack. You know it was a real honor to be on your show, and I really appreciate you. Thanks. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.